there are lots of times when our children are having a hard time with something and they start to cry. And I don't think that we should necessarily stop the crying. We can just say like, I know this is really hard. I know you're trying really hard. I love you. Let's keep working on it. You know, if you change the mindset, it feels a lot less scary. I also love to point out to parents other situations where their children cry, where we're not quite as triggered. You know, for example, if you have to leave your baby with grandma and baby doesn't know grandma that well, but you have to go to a doctor's appointment and leave your baby with grandma, like, you know, your baby's safe, your baby's crying in grandma's arms, but like all is okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Or if your baby is crying in the backseat of the car because they're tired and you're stuck in traffic and you can't put your pedal to the metal fast enough. Right. There are all sorts of times when babies cry that we just sort of accept as this is okay. They're fine. They're safe. They're okay. And I would argue that learning to fall asleep falls into that exact same category. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast, where we bring you real life working mom stories, tips, tricks, and advice for thriving and surviving in motherhood, because you shouldn't have to experience working motherhood alone. Join our community of support as we discuss all of the things and how we get by in this sometimes crazy and imperfect journey of working motherhood. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. On this week's episode, I am talking to Jane Havens. So Jane is a certified sleep consultant and runs her own sleep consulting practice called Snooze Fest by Jane Havens. As a new parent, Jane found herself overwhelmed by exhaustion, reading everything she could find in order to get her own son to sleep through the night. She applied what she learned to both of her children, implementing good sleep habits very early on. So her friends quickly took notice of the fact that Jane's children were both fabulous sleepers and they began coming to her for help with their own kids' sleep challenges. Jane has quickly established herself as a leader in the industry, building a strong reputation for taking good care of her clients and always providing top-notch service along with her expertise. She describes her approach as being very client-led, meaning she works with families using methods that feel comfortable for them. There is no one-size-fits-all approach to teaching a child to fall asleep and back to sleep independently. And in addition to supporting families through the sleep training process, Jane also founded the Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. Through CPSM, Jane trains, mentors, and certifies others to do this incredibly rewarding work. So without further ado, let's dive in to this week's conversation with Jane Havens. Hi, Jane. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. Oh, of course. I'm super excited to have you on the show. So can you tell us a little bit about you, your family, your background, and anything else you want to share with our audience? Sure. So my name is Jane Havens. I live in Baltimore, Maryland with my husband, Jonathan, and my two kids, Sid and Ivy. I originally, way back when, had a very successful career in catering sales, which I loved very much. 
but I decided to leave that work when my son was born about eight and a half years ago. I just knew that it wasn't going to be a practical way to live, working nights, weekends, holidays, and have a little baby at home. So I left that job and I was a stay-at-home mom for several years, which I absolutely love. And then my daughter was born four years later and she was colicky and fussy and just not quite the same as my son. It was a very different experience being home with her. And by that point, I was frankly just a little burnt out from living the stay-at-home mom life and was really itching to get back to working again and interacting with other adults and doing something for myself, frankly. So I just kept coming back to the idea of becoming a sleep consultant. When my son was born, he was a great little sleeper, but then he regressed into that four-month sleep regression that a lot of babies experience. And as a first-time mom, I had no idea what was going on. Why was he waking every 45 minutes in the middle of the night? And I took to the internet, I took to the bookstores and I researched like crazy and figured out why he wasn't sleeping. And I got him sleeping again, which, you know, as a first time mom, I was super proud of myself and really excited. And all of my friends were crazy jealous. So they started reaching out to me, like help me with my kids sleep. My baby's not sleeping. And For many years, it was just a hobby. It was just something I would do for fun. I was constantly just reading up on infant sleep and helping friends. And when it came time to re-enter the workforce in some capacity, it just sort of kept coming back into my brain like, this is the right fit for me. This is something that I'm sort of already doing. It's something I'm really good at. And it's something I really enjoy. And so I decided to turn my hobby into a business. And I launched my company. It's called Snooze Fest by Jane Havens. And frankly, what I thought was just going to be a little side hustle turned into a very full-time successful business pretty quickly, at which point I decided to take it even one step further because I can't help myself. I guess I have a little bit of that just drive and hustle in me. And I decided to create my own sleep consultant certification course. So now not only do I support families one-on-one through the sleep training process, but I also train, mentor, and certify others to do the work that I do, which is really incredibly rewarding to you know, sort of support women through the process of launching and growing their own small businesses. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. Just how you sort of turned that side passion into a full-time business. I think that's so great for other moms to hear. And just so inspirational as well. And so Thank I, you. Yeah, I love that so much. So what would you say is your favorite part of what you do? So it's really twofold. Before I launched my course and I was just supporting families one-on-one, you know, I would have said to you that there's literally nothing better than helping a family teach their child to sleep through the night. I mean, it's incredibly rewarding. And there's really no better feeling. These women and sometimes men come to me because their children at all hours and their mm-hmm. parents are exhausted and their children are exhausted. And a lot of the time that can lead to postpartum depression and anxiety. It can lead to a strain their marriage. It can really lead to like resentment towards their children. It's really, they come to me sometimes in a really, really low place. And in a two week period to be able to change their lives and to make them all sort of happy again and enjoy parenthood is a really, really rewarding experience. And now that I'm supporting women through the process of growing their own businesses, I would say that that's 
almost even more exciting because, you know, I think women are really anxious and nervous about starting something new. I was just talking to one of my grad from my program recently. And I was saying to her, you know, we as women, we don't even like to go to the bathroom by ourselves, right? We always take a breath. <laughs> and starting a business by yourself, I think is even more scary. And I love supporting them through that process. And I've created an entire community where we all support each other. And it's really incredibly rewarding to watch them go from nervous, timid, scared, budding entrepreneurs to sort of major success stories. That's so great. Yeah, I do something sort of similar and just in helping moms try to find their passions. And I would 100% agree. It's so rewarding just, you know, being out there helping moms get through stuff that like you struggled through. Because I think sometimes, you know, our past struggles, we had to go through them maybe to help somebody else in the future. Like it all works out for a reason, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Jane, why do you think that sleep training has become so controversial? Like you always see in sort of like Facebook groups, different moms arguing about sleep training. What's the best way to do it? What is not the best way? What is your take on that? Yeah. So I think at the end of the day, sleep training is controversial because babies cry during the process and nobody likes to hear a baby crying, right? That makes us all uncomfortable. Our blood pressure goes up a little bit. We get a little tense. We clench our teeth. Nobody likes to hear a child upset. At the end of the day, when sleep training is implemented properly, the crying is limited and temporary. And I personally think that we shouldn't be pacifying our children's emotions, their voice, their expression, you know, for a baby that's used to being nursed to sleep at bedtime, and then is waking up every 45 minutes wanting to be nursed back to sleep, that a lot of the time is not sustainable for mom or baby. And yeah, that baby is going to cry when they're not nursed back to sleep, but they can still be supported. They can be held to sleep. They can be rocked to sleep. They can be shushed and padded to sleep. Or you could just walk out of the room and give them a little bit of space, right? There's so many ways to do it. But at the end of the day, there's nothing harmful about telling a child, I love you, but no, right? And that's really what sleep training is. It's just teaching a baby a different way to fall asleep. And I always tell parents, your baby is crying because they're tired. They're crying because they want to be asleep and they don't know how. And once they learn, once they learn how to fall asleep, all the crying stops. Sleep training is something we do, in my opinion, for our children, not to our children. And, you know, there are a lot of parents that get really, really up in arms about leaving babies to cry, which it's not always that cut and dry. Like you don't have to leave a baby to cry to teach them to fall asleep independently. But even if you did, I would argue that it's leaving a baby to try, right? They're trying to fall asleep independently and it's hard. And that's why they're crying. My son cries sometimes during his math homework. You know, my four-year-old cries because she can't tie her shoes on her own and she wants to so badly. There are lots of times when our children are having a hard time with something and they start to cry. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that we should necessarily stop the crying. We can just say like, I know this is really hard. I know you're trying really hard. I love you. Let's keep working on it. You know, if you change the mindset, it feels a lot less scary. I also love to point out to parents other situations where their children cry, where we're not quite as triggered. You know, for example, if you have to leave your baby with grandma and baby doesn't know grandma that well but you have to go to a doctor's appointment and leave your baby with grandma. Like, you know, your baby's safe. 
your baby's crying in grandma's arms, but like all is okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Or if your baby is crying in the backseat of the car because they're tired and you're stuck in traffic and you can't put your pedal to the metal fast enough. Right. There are all sorts of times when babies cry that we just sort of accept as this is okay. They're fine. They're safe. They're okay. And I would argue that learning to fall asleep falls into that exact same category. Yeah. I love that perspective. Definitely. I have a five-year-old daughter and sometimes it's like, you know, her trying to do something and she can't, and she's crying. And I love that perspective so much. And just kind of reassuring them that, you know, it's okay. They'll get it eventually. And just being positive about it. I think also like if you start doing that kind of mindset work for yourself, it kind of leaks into your children because I've been doing that a lot recently, just like kind of working on the positive mindset and like the like attracts like, and just being very sort of um, conscious about what I'm putting out there. And I think that really helps kids too. Yeah, for sure. So great for those moms who are sort of just in the thick of it, like struggling right now, maybe they, you know, lack sleep. And I know when you lack sleep, it kind of throws everything off. Like you can't focus, you can't concentrate, you might get angry quicker. It just affects a lot of things in our lives, right? So if they're overwhelmed and sort of don't know what to do, where where can they even start? What would you say to them to just get them started in a positive direction? So I think that the most important component to making a change whenever it feels hard, whether it's sleep training your child or anything else, launching a business, right? It could be anything. I think the most important piece of the puzzle when things feel hard is to seek support. And that support doesn't necessarily need to be paid support, right? If you're sleep training your eight-month-old baby, you don't need to hire a sleep consultant. I would argue that it's great to hire a sleep consultant, but you don't need to. You can lean on a friend. You can find, you know, I was that friend for a lot of people before I started doing this professionally. You know, same thing with launching a business. When it feels scary, find yourself a business BFF, Mm -hmm. hire a coach, get into some sort of mastermind program. So, you know, when parenting feels really hard, whether it's sleep related or anything else, I think seeking support, again, whether it's paid or free support, doesn't really matter. But finding yourself someone that can make you feel confident that the choices that you're making are sound ones. Because of course, there's a lot of noise in the background, people saying, you know, sleep training is terrible, or sleep training is amazing, or Mm -hmm. whatever, everybody has something else to say. So, you know, figure out truthfully what works for your family, and then find somebody that can help support you through making whatever changes you're hoping to make in your home. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's so many options out there nowadays that sometimes moms can just get overwhelmed. And, but in my experience, like if I just picked one person to follow and then just like followed everything that they were teaching me, I do much better than if I'm like spreading myself all over the place. Absolutely. And I find that what you just said is the exact reason for why people end up hiring me because there's so much information out there and you're absolutely right all of the information is fine if you just pick something and follow it, right? There are so many different books on teaching your child to sleep independently. They're all largely 
fine, right? Like they might have a different strategy or a different approach, but they're all fine and valuable to some degree. There's so many people on Instagram, there are people, there are podcasts about all of this stuff. There's so much information and so much noise. And I think a lot of the time parents feel really overwhelmed and they can't figure out who to listen to and which advice to take. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's when they end up hiring a sleep consultant, because at that point they're saying, okay, I'm going to pay this person and I'm going to listen to her. And, you know, that can be done by paying a sleep coach, or it can be done by just saying, all right, here's my best friend. She sleep trained her kids. I'm going to listen to her. Yeah, definitely. So Jane, what is a tip you'd give to moms today to help create healthy sleep habits with their kids? Okay. So we actually sort of just answered that. I was going to say at the end of the day, like you need to find someone to support you. You need to figure out what it is that you're trying to do and make sure that you collect the information that you need and the support that you need to get it done. It's really Mm -hmm. as simple as that. Yeah, for sure. Like we were saying, everybody's different in what works for your family, right? And I talk a lot about that in other areas of our lives on this podcast, like sort of like there's not a one size fits all plan for all families. Just have to sort of find what works for you. And if it works and if it keeps working, then keep sticking with it, right? Exactly, exactly, yeah. And then let's switch gears a little bit and talk about sort of entrepreneurship. And so that's like your other passion, helping women get their businesses up and running. Why do you think that women face barriers to sort of getting into entrepreneurship or kind of taking off or finding a path or like once they're in it, sort of struggle with different pieces of managing being an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's such a sort of heavy question. And it's it's a loaded question. I think that women are, we're doers, like we get it done, right? Like we make sure our kids' lunches are packed. We make sure that they have clean clothes to wear to school. We show up at our job. Like we're just, we have a list and we get it done. And sometimes it feels like there's no more space or no more time or no more like energy or sort of like um to give to one mm-hmm. more thing. Mm-hmm. But I also think that sometimes that one more thing is just what we need because all of the stuff that we're doing is for others. We're doing mm-hmm. for our kids. We're doing for our family. We're doing for our employers and we're not doing anything for ourselves. In my personal experience, launching this business, first the small little sleep consulting business and now my bigger program, what I realize is that this is for me. This makes me feel smart, and challenged and capable and driven. And I was the busiest person in the world before I started this business. And it doesn't matter. I have all the time in the world to work on it because I love it so much. And so I saw a quote somewhere and I don't know if I'm going to say it correctly, but it's something like even really like unsuccessful people and successful people all have the same amount of time, right? Like that's such a good quote. Like we all have the same amount of time. So if you decide that you're going to be successful in business, you just need to manage your time and allocate your time better. And it's incredibly rewarding, not just from a financial perspective, but from like a personal development perspective, you know, the way that it feels, of course, it matters how much money you make, but it doesn't really matter as much how much money you make. It matters that like you're growing, you're learning, you're thriving. Yeah. And really nothing's better than that. Yeah. I love that. And I think also women tend to think that if they dive into something like 
starting a business online that it's going to just consume like their life and it's just going to take everything else away and like they're not going to have time to spend with their kids or their husband or their family or their friends which in my experience is like totally opposite and I think it's all about how you approach it and then I've really been following lately like some entrepreneurs who talk about doing less but making an impact still so it's all really about how your energy is as a woman. And if you want it to be a more low key, like business endeavor, then you can set it up like that. Absolutely. I have far more free time now working my business than I ever did as an employee working for somebody else. So, and sure, like it takes time and it takes energy and it takes effort to get it to that point. But I... I'm so much more free than I ever was when I worked for a big company. Definitely. I 100% agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Jane, is there any other advice you'd like to throw in there for moms? So I guess like the one piece of advice that always comes to mind is just to like believe in yourself. You know, I'm all about giving moms a big pep talk. I do it in my sleep consulting business. I'm constantly giving pep talks. And then in my, on the business side of things, I'm always giving pep talks. And, you know, we moms, like we're always putting ourselves last. We're never giving ourselves a chance. It's our time to thrive and shine and nobody is going to do it for you. You have to commit to doing it yourself. And, you know, the very first step is just to say, I'm going to try. Because if you never try, then you have no idea if you can do it. And that, you know, that's the same thing with sleep training. There are a lot of parallels in two things that I do. You know, if you never try to teach your child to fall asleep independently, then they will never learn. And if you never try to create a successful business or even just a tiny little whatever business, then you'll never have it. You'll just be watching other people and you'll be amazed with their success and their journey, but you won't have your own. And, you know, just raising your hand and saying like, yep, I'm ready to try is the first step. And then again, finding that support so that you position be successful. Yeah, for sure. And definitely in the support piece, there's so many different ways to get that support piece. Now there's Facebook groups, there's, you know, women on Instagram that are doing similar things. There's coaching programs, there's masterminds. There's just so many different ways that you can like get help from women who have been through that path. Yeah. And also just like setting yourself up with a support team, if you need it, you know, like it could be as simple as an overwhelmed mom hiring a housekeeper to come help clean the house once a week. It could be a budding entrepreneur spending a hundred dollars a month on virtual assistant services. It doesn't need to be a huge investment at every single step, but being willing to sort of hire out a little bit is really, really valuable. I do that at every step of the way, whenever I can. Definitely. I'm on board with that for sure as well. It just frees up your mental capacity too. It is just absolutely definitely recommend to everybody if you can, even if it's just a little bit outsource something. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes it's outsourcing something that you is like a total roadblock, you know, like it's not necessarily a time suck, you know, things that I tend to outsource are things that just feel too hard. If something is going to take a lot of time, I'm okay with putting time into something. But if there's something that I don't know how to do it, sometimes I don't want to learn every single new thing that feels really hard. So (laughs) rather than learning the new thing, I will outsource something. And then something that I already know how to do, I'll fumble through it and take an extra hour, you know, maybe my virtual assistant could have done it faster, but I can still do it. 
But for something that I don't know how to do, I don't need to sit here and learn all week. And that's really stressful for me. Oh yeah, for sure. Really have to ask like, is this going to add any value if I learn it? Or is it just going to make me more frustrated? So definitely you have to like kind of look at those things and evaluate uh, what is best for you to continue learning your outsource. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Well, great. I love this conversation so much so far. I love talking about businesses and entrepreneurship and all of those things. I just have a couple of more questions to sort of get to know you a little bit better and find out what you're working on. And so our listeners can go and check you out and all that good stuff. Would you consider to be like your non-negotiable practice that you have to do every day to start or end your day on a positive note? So this question really makes me feel like I should find one because I don't have one. (laughs) I don't have one, but I'm going to find one. The only thing that comes to mind is that like, and maybe this is cliche because of my business, but I really do truly value a good night's sleep. I'm not a night owl. I like to go to bed at a reasonable hour. I like to get, you know, eight hours of sleep overnight. Otherwise I just feel really not great, you know? So I do value that. I don't stay up all night. I don't wake up crazy early. I like to get my eight hours whenever I can. That's definitely a great non-negotiable. I would say that's perfect for that answer. Yeah. So what would be your favorite, like a working mom hack that would get you through a hectic or difficult day? Yeah. So I don't know if this is a hack, but one thing that I've been doing for myself recently, especially now that the weather's warming up, I am prioritizing you know, some outdoor physical activity. I've been playing tennis once a week and not just physical activity, but just like engaging with other adults. You know, I work from home. I'm sitting at my kitchen table right now. This is where I work all day. So I have a weekly Mahjong game with a bunch of mom friends. We sit outside and play Mahjong and, you know, I'm playing tennis once a week. So building some things into my day where my calendar is blocked off and you know, nobody can hop on for calls. Nobody can hop on for interviews. It's Mm -hmm. just literally time for me to do whatever it is that I want to do a couple of times a week, I think makes all the difference. I love that so much. And yeah, actually that could be like a non-negotiable too, like blocking out that that calendar time just for you. Yeah, you're right. That is. (laughs) So who would be your favorite like podcasters bloggers, like a favorite author that has really influenced you in your life or another expert like that? Okay. So I don't have a ton of time to read. So I don't know that I have a famous author that I could shout out and say, you know, I love this author, but I do listen to a lot of podcasts and two that I've been listening to recently that I love are System Saved Me. Her name is Jordan Gill, and she's all about optimizing your business and figuring out ways to sort of just systemize and make things run more smoothly. And I love that podcast. It just really resonates with me. And then the other one I like is called Entrepreneista. It's run by someone named Stephanie Carton, I think. And it's sort of like a How We Built This podcast, but it's more geared towards female entrepreneurs. And it's a lot of like fashion industry people. It's just a different angle. And I love hearing their stories, how they started their businesses in their garage or in their basement. And it turns into, you know, a multi-million dollar crazy serious company. It's really inspiring. Sounds like it. I'll have to check that one out. I do listen to the system save me as well. She's amazing. I love that one. What are you currently working on in your business that you're most excited about? 
So my sleep consultant certification course launched about a year and a half ago, I would say at this point. And I'm really, really like, I always say like my program gets better with each new person that joins my program because everybody has something to teach somebody else. We have a community that's for all of my students and grads and everybody answers each other's questions and supports one another. And right now I'm really working on bulking up the entrepreneur side of my course. So, you know, my course doesn't only teach you how to be a sleep consultant, but it also teaches you how to get your business up and running. And what I realized is that, sure, I could give people like all the steps to get their business up and running, but what they really needed, which wasn't included in my course in the beginning, and now it is, is like they needed that entrepreneurial fire lit under them. They needed like that spark. And a lot of them didn't know where to go to find that. So I am compiling resources, you know, YouTube videos, podcasts, just like books to read, things that I think will really light them up and just get them ready and excited to be on this journey. So I'm working on that, which is really exciting. I love that. Yeah, that is such an important piece that definitely is super helpful when you're first starting out in, you know, any type of business journey. So I love that you're going to be offering that. Yeah, me too. It's super exciting. And then Jane, where can we find you online? Where do you hang out the most often? And give us all of those places that people can go and find your resources. Sure. So if you are a tired parent and ready to make a change in your home, I would say the two best places to find me are my website, which is snoozefest by Jane Havens, or I'm sorry, that's my Instagram is snoozefest by Jane Havens. You can find me on Instagram pretty easily, or my website is the snoozefest.com. If you are somebody that's interested in learning more about becoming a sleep consultant, if this feels like a career path or a side hustle that really excites you, the easiest place to connect with me is I have a Facebook group and it's called Becoming a Sleep Consultant. And you can join that Facebook group and we'll connect and I will point you towards a bunch of resources and we can chat and see if if this work would be a good fit for you. Perfect. Thank you so much. And thank Thank you you. again for coming on the podcast. I've really enjoyed talking about these topics. You're the first sleep consultant that I've had on this podcast. So awesome. Yeah, I really think this will help a lot of moms. And it's something we all go through, but we sort of just look back on it and we're like, oh, yeah, we just didn't sleep for two years. But you know, we figured it out, but I really want other moms to come out more positive and to get these resources because I think it's important to our mental health as well. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm happy to help. And thank you so much for having me. It was really awesome talking to you today. Of course. Thank you. I would be so, so grateful if you went and left a rating and review of the podcast So Apple loves it when you rate and review the podcast that you love listening to. And it would just mean the world to me if you went over and left a rating and review for the podcast. 
So that way our show can be introduced to more working moms that really, really can gain positivity from these episodes that can teach them something. So if you go and leave a rating and review, I would be so grateful. And just thank you again for continuing to listen every week. You are the reason why I continue to talk into this microphone for this podcast. Without you, I wouldn't have the podcast. So thank you so much.